Hello and welcome to Fly Over the Grass, the podcast where I get to chat to inspiring individuals, trailblazing solutions to society's toughest problems. The aim of the podcast is to get under the skin of the work that they do, the problems that they're trying to solve and the resilience that they have developed to keep doing what they do. My guest this week is Anna Baybrook. Anna is a talented youth worker and who uses creativity and the arts to support disadvantaged young people to flourish in North Camden. Here's what happened when she came for a cover on my sofa. I started working as a youth, a voluntary youth leader when I was about 17. Wow. It's about a decade, which makes me sound old. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. What made you want to, to do that first opportunity? Um, I think, honestly, I think I started doing it. I went on summer camps as a kid. Um, and I think I just really, I think at that age, it was more about like, it was something my friends were doing. And, you know, stuff that I learned in that about, like, how to receive and give feedback, how to plan a really good session, you know, how to deal with conflict. And, yeah, there was some stuff in that that I think has really given me some, like, really great grounding for the work that I do now. Um, So I'm really grateful for that opportunity. Um, But, yeah, that was the start of the youth work. But it's interesting because I always thought I always thought I love working with young people, but it's really hard to know what roles are out there besides kind of being a teacher And I guess, I don't know if there's some kind of like stigma around being a youth worker or I had that, you know, in the hostel that I worked at, I think there's an assumption. And sometimes it does, you know, it is true that like, you know, service users become the people working in that environment. And in some ways they are incredible at that job because Mm. they know exactly what people are going through. But there's lots of different types of youth work. And I think finding the right fit has been quite an interesting journey give us a bit of a potted history after yeah so after being a youth leader doing summer camps whilst I was at uni I did I worked kind of doing youth mentoring so I was part of a scheme that wanted me to go into schools and basically work with underachieving which I really really hate that phrase but yeah underachieving um, young people and the whole premise of the program was that I was meant to be inspiring to go to university but actually when I started working with them I realized that one they probably weren't on the path to really get the grades to go to university or be able to afford to and two that wasn't actually the route they really wanted to go down so um <laughs> behind behind their backs once I had free reign to kind of deliver the sessions I did stuff which I felt was basically what they wanted which is like CV skills and like actual support with like learning and study skills and then following university did uh, a bit of teaching assistant work in schools so working one-to-one with students with um, learning and behavioral difficulties and following that also did some lots of like little bits of volunteering so volunteered with a autism charity um so I didn't do too much delivery there but that was based in a school with um quite um high needs young people with autism (coughs) and then oh god it's funny to think now what of all the (laughs) and then I guess yeah on year here working within I was placed within a homeless shelter and then worked programming informal youth activities for ages 5 to 25 at JW3 which is Jewish Cultural Centre which are activity or inclusive activities so I worked with kind of a range of um, Mm -hmm. different young people and um, ran a really cool like interfaith program there for young women and now working with the Winch um, which is a really amazing children and youth provision in Swiss Cottage that works predominantly with young people in the borough of Camden. Amazing (laughs) like so many different things though and like the amount of the amount of stories that you must have from all of those different roles yeah it's it's a really colorful job I'd say in the sense that no day's the same 
and I really like that I really like that you don't quite know what's going to happen and sometimes that can be quite tough and quite draining and sometimes it can be really rewarding and really fun I think often people I kind of really hate it when you go to a party and you explain what you do and the people are like oh that must be so rewarding and you're like well yeah but it's it's really fun like I do it I'm I'm doing it for my own selfish reasons that I actually just find it a really fun job um you know I don't think anyone can just do anything solely for the purpose that it's rewarding yeah exactly um, my the other one that really bugs me is oh you must be a really nice person <laughs> And you're like, well, I'd like to think I'm nice, but I'd also like to think that I'm motivated yeah. and, you know, want to achieve really good stuff and yeah. um, do challenging, interesting work like anybody else does. It's not just about being nice. Exactly. All jobs are tough in different mm. ways. What do you think really motivates you to keep going? Oh, it's such a difficult question. What motivates me? I think I just love it I don't, I don't know that's a terrible answer I think no, I just I really enjoy like so my role now I just feel is a really good fit for my personality and what my strengths and interests are because I get to design and deliver a lot of kind of creative learning projects I get to work with I think the young people I work with are like amazingly like inspiring and creative so you're mm. always being surrounded by interesting people I was, I've been really lucky and I've been dealt mm. a pretty good hand in life and I think that it is people are responsible to try and like even up the weighing scales I think we do owe like the people who've not been dealt good hands yeah make things more even and do what we can to make sure that people are having like equal opportunities to stuff and not being totally crushed on their journey from mm. I have massive hang-ups about schools and education and the curriculum at the moment which I think is totally outdated and not providing young people with the skills they need to succeed at all you know it's really integral that with youth work and informal education that we catch those people who are falling through the net and make sure that they're not totally crushed by the time they leave school feeling like they've got nothing to offer the world because mm. actually like the young people I work with are so creative and so talented and just have no idea that skills they have as skills they don't think of them as skills because no one's ever identified them as that I would like to ask you what you personally think the meaning of resilience is to you for me I kind of think of resilience as just being able to come like brush yourself off and <laughs> get back up again and to have a strong enough core to be able to think oh no I can do it mm. when you know you might have lots of people or lots of circumstances telling you that you can't or lots of things that are getting in your way but yeah, I think it's it's an interesting word and I think it's been like thrown about a lot, particularly in the sphere recently. And, you know, I read Angela Duckworth's book Grit not that long ago, yeah. um, you know, and watched her TED talk, um, which is interesting. But I think it's it can be problematic because I think particularly in the line of work that I'm in, you're asking people to be resilient who have already gone through so much trauma and I think sometimes to be like, oh, no, you need, you need to grow your resilience. It's just really patronising yeah. and, you know, like, who are we to tell them to be resilient when actually the fact that they've just survived as much as they have up until this point has proved, you know, that, mm. of course, they're resilient. And um, I think with resilience, there's a lot of focus on, like, the individual. But actually asking mm. for help is really important and, mm. you know, feeling like you can. And also not drawing the attention too far away from bigger powers who are actually really responsible for the reason why you know people are being really like having their resi resilience really tested it's interesting that resilience 
has a limit, basically, doesn't it? Mm. When does when does resilience become injustice? You must have worked with so many young people now over the years. Can you think of the first time where it felt you felt really out of your depth, particularly when you're in a, situa- a situation of um, responsibility? Yeah, there's so many, so many times. But the interesting thing about youth work is that I've often felt actually that the young people I've worked with are so much more forgiving and so much more responsive to like authenticity. If you walk into a space and you're like, I'm not 100% sure that this might work, but I think we should try this thing and like, let's be in it together. And the thing that like I've really observed about my role now is that it's probably in many ways the most, what should be the most stressful role because I'm working with people who have really so much going on in their lives that is really can be really upsetting but actually it's the least stressful place I've ever worked which I find really interesting because often you know you've like in the corporate roles I've worked in which have been really high stress atmosphere you think why is this so stressful what I'm doing is making a perfume ad or you know these things that you're like why does this need to be so stressful whereas when you're working with someone who quite you know when a young person comes to you and quite literally has nowhere to stay that night and has no home the atmosphere that I work in is no stress at all because everyone just says to each other you do what you can like that's as much as you can do and you know you make sure that like you're okay in the process because obviously if we're getting worn down then we can't be good youth workers so it's actually a really supportive environment with little to no stress because it's amazing you just do like that whole attitude of like you're doing what you can and you know and people you know everyone's on different time schedules so everyone's coming and going no one's watching the clock and I think just really trusting in your team to be like that everyone really I don't think anyone's gonna be working in that role who doesn't believe in what you know people are there we're not there for the money basically we're there because we really care about what we're doing and having um and just knowing that and that Mm. you know people are you know there because they care and that they will do you know the best of their ability and aren't gonna be like skiving off for any reason Mm. so I find that really interesting that actually even though in some ways it should be really stressful it isn't because of that attitude which is just like do what you can And and that's all we can do yeah that's so and and that sounds like it's a real kind of culture that's embedded in your organization definitely and I particularly like I particularly think within like the youth work team that I work in um like my line managers being really really supportive Mm. and um really good at like keeping an eye on how everyone's doing and making sure that you know we're all okay as well Mm. um because it can be it can be difficult not to absorb the work and take it home and feel like you know you know you're helping you might be helping these young people on a day-to-day basis but you're working in a lot of really broken really poor structures um and yeah that can be challenging yeah what do you do to switch off to switch off probably like i binge watch i mean this i binge watch programs that i've seen a million times <laughs> so there's two two like streams of things i binge watch i either binge watch um basically like american lightweight sitcoms that i've watched a million times like community that 70s show yeah um fresh prince of bel-air oh my god amazing or i go on to and this is really nerdy, but like BBC iPlayer and go into the arts section and just watch arts documentaries. Yeah. Um, so that is ten. I do that and I paint my nails. I find that really, <laughs> really calming. Um, That's great. That's yeah. Great. It's nice to have those go-to activities. Yeah. Yeah. But I also I do a lot of yoga. I'm not a particularly spiritual person, um, but I found that yoga has just is just like a really useful thing to do in terms of winding down feeling centered like Mm. anxiety levels if you had three 
key tips for people either in or looking to work in the kind of work that you do mm. for how to keep resilient? What would they be? Oh, wow. How to keep resilient. Um, knowing what you need to avoid burnout, because I think often people think like, I've just got to like, I think there's can be habits of people really pushing themselves because they really care and they go above and beyond. Mm. And just like, I feel like kind of the vibe within my work is you do what you can. Like you, you are no use to anyone if you're burnt out or ill or under the weather or like not feeling good. You can't give the kind of support that you need to give mm. to the people that you're working with. So don't work over your hours, which is, I mean, any youth worker would laugh at you because um, the hours they work are ludicrous. But try and maintain just, I think, try and maintain like healthy boundaries mm. for yourself um, and do things that make you know what it is that makes you feel good know what it is that doesn't make you feel good and yeah. just try and like identify those things and also like rely on like build your support network and know who you can go to when you've had a really bad day or when you're feeling really sad about things and mm. who which of your friends or family is really good to talk to about that stuff and will kind of give you the hug or just be like you're doing a really good job mm. like you're doing something that's really important um and kind of know what to say mm. um and and also I think I mean it's kind of I think having a supportive team around you is also really good and being able to support each other when you're in that kind of work so yeah I guess it's just about looking after yourself really yeah. and also not just you know to avoid burnout but your role modeling to the young people that you're working with you know yeah. and I'm constantly telling you know the people I work with oh you got like are you looking after yourself like are you getting enough you know like basic things sometimes like getting enough sleep um, can have a huge impact on your well-being and you know stuff mm. that seems so simple but actually yeah if you're going to be dishing dishing out that <laughs> that kind of advice you need to be role modeling that as well tell me a little bit more about um kind of the work that you do in the winch and how and some of the kind of day-to-day challenges we have a play team who work with like primary school ages and do kind of after school um and holiday clubs and really amazing work and then the youth work team um work with secondary school age and then up to 25 so like our young Mm. adults who I predominantly work with at 18 to 25 um so we do a kind of a range of different stuff so we do a lot of really I think they're really cool informal educational projects Mm. um and stuff that's nearly always driven by the young people that we work with so we do a lot of asking them like what they'd like what is useful um so we have an amazing project which I have to mention which was called Take Back the Power which was a participatory research project where we employed a group of young teenagers of colour to basically do research in obstacles facing young people of colour in the educational system and the barriers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a project that taught them a whole range of really amazing skills, but also was an employment opportunity. Um, and they also produced incredible research that's yeah. like really useful resource for us yeah. and for loads of other people as well. So we have kind of like those projects and I run an entrepreneurship program um with people with a business idea but we also do stuff like we have women's self-defense and you know within our building we have um a music studio so we have lots of like open access where lots of young people can just drop in you know record some tracks or we're open late on wednesdays and we have what we call making lates where people come and just we have loads of sewing machines and a knitting machine and people come and like make clothes and chat and lots of like really creative stuff and we have you know like a vinyl cutter and heat press so people can like oh my god print onto clothes dream yeah so it's, it's really nice so it's a kind of space 
the building is like constant you'll have a mixture if you walk into the building of kind of structured groups that are going on but also just young people who are dropping in and dropping out like dropping in to say hi coming for chats coming to ask for help and then our youth work team is kind of a mixture of promise workers who are the people who work like really closely over a really long period with young people and then youth workers who do yeah work in the buildings work in schools and then also just detached work out on the streets so yeah it's quite a broad range of different things yeah it's, it's an amazing space and it's been there for a really long time yeah. um so you get young people like we had a young person drop in today for ask who asked for help with finding himself he wanted a work placement um he's in mm. year 12 and he wanted to gain a bit more hands-on experience but actually you know my line manager said he hadn't engaged with us since he was maybe like you know about like six years ago but he used to like come and use our services what is what is it about that time in anyone's life that's particularly important to nurture but also what are the biggest challenges for this whole group that you're working Mm. with so I guess the things like what's important to nurture I guess you're you're so impressionable at that age and Mm. I think you know there's so much research done in that like the way you're school life and home life and things pan out for you at a young age has a really great impact on what happens to you later on in life Mm. Um, and I guess catching them doing a bunch of work that we feel is quite preventative but also reactive um, is really important and doing like both those sides of the thing so when things start to go wrong as you're older you know having you know being reactive to the problems that are coming up but also doing preventative work so that actually even if a child is set on a really difficult path like we're still trying to nurture them and nourish them and catch those Mm. things potentially before they crop up it's interesting to think where should we be focusing our attention yeah and in in, and in what ways like it's quite hard yeah for sure and there's also so in terms of preventative stuff I think there's only so much we can do when you know youth work basically exists because of the failures I think of schools Mm. um and I know like not the failures of you know really hard-working teachers and people who are really dedicated to the work but because I think of the design the way curriculum is designed I think school only really identifies like one type of intelligence, which is essentially just being really good at being able to put your thoughts into written work and being really good at essays um, and also being able to like mass remember loads and loads of information. And if Mm. you're if you're not good at that, then you're not school's not really going to tell you that you're a bright young person. You're, you know, from a young age already being told that you're you're a failure or you, you haven't really got much to offer. And, you know, often a lot of the young adults that I work with might be very dyslexic or, you know, really struggle with kind of written language, but actually uh, could fix a computer or like learn how to use Illustrator so quickly. Um, You know, I've been struggling with Illustrator for ages and they just like, you know, they'll pick it up straight away or knowing how to design like a really beautiful image or being amazing at, you know, standing up in front of a group of people or basically skills that no one's ever identified and been like, I know that somewhere it's written down there's like seven different types of intelligence but I think school really only identifies one or two and then the rest of them you know being good with your hands yeah. you know things like that you're just there's no space for that at school to develop those That's crazy isn't it yeah yeah it's mad it's yeah. mad that the way the world has changed and yet we're still using a totally archaic yeah old you know out of date curriculum and I think also, like we do, like the way technologies change in social media, I think there needs to be more on managing your online presence and like what it means to have a digital presence and how to use social media as a tool for like social change and, you know, how mm. it can be a really useful resource, but also it can be really damaging. Mm. And um, yeah, like how to navigate that 
the way that you keep where the youth sector keeps going is actually being by being the sector that's keeping up with like trends and changes yeah I think that's something (laughs) well I think that like our management like our management team do that particularly well in terms of they have an eye on what is going on in the world and navigating the landscape and knowing how it's going to trickle down to our young people like what effect will it have on them and how do we need to be responding to that to ask the really obvious question what do you think it is that keeps the youth sector resilient it's i'm i mean this is going to sound incredibly cheesy but i think it's maybe like working amongst some of the most like inspiring interesting driven um compassionate people um that you can find i think it's being within teams of people who are just all in it together and Mm -hmm. feeling like um we're supporting each other and we do lots of you know we partner with lots of different organizations and we stay plugged in with lots of other youth organizations and we try and make sure that we're all you know working really closely together and we're not just in silos and i think that's really important actually Mm -hmm. is that it's not it's not competitive it's not like oh these are my young people they're not your young people it's actually about like what can we all do to support this young person and everyone's got you know their different specialities and their different you know things that they Mm -hmm. can offer um and so yeah knowing that yeah if one of our young people wants to do something a bit more niche or specific that we know who we can like plug them in with and feeling like they're in safe hands and Mm -hmm. as the saying goes it takes like a community is that saying takes community to raise a child takes a oh i don't know takes a village to raise a child i'm terrible at phrases i was (laughs) i I famously put the wrong words in the wrong places and like switch things around so that sounds right a community to raise a child so it's not down to an individual yeah like it's It's, everyone in it together yeah particularly when you're working with young people who have really limited support networks it's about everyone so there we have it a lovely note to end on but as we realized after the recording of this show the phrase is actually it takes a village to raise a child the famous African proverb and title of Hillary Clinton's book, it turns out. Um, a huge thanks to Anna for popping over and sharing her wise words of wisdom and reiterating how important it is to look after ourselves, particularly when doing potentially emotional work and being a role model for others. You can follow Anna at Anna uh, at Anna Bella Bray and connect with the winch to at the underscore winch. As always, please let me know how you found the episode. In these early days of production, I would love as much feedback as possible, so please do get in touch either via via email, hello at flyoverthegrass.com, or you can tweet using our Twitter handle at fly underscore grass. Bye for now. (laughs) 